Hello, 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 and welcome to Chili, Chili Grits, Grits Podcast. Podcast. And we are your hosts. I am Reverend Monika Bowman. And I am Dr. Aisha Francis. And we are just excited because you know how much we love Chili Grits Podcast. Yes, we do. And we are on this adventure with each other, and it's just been such a fun ride. It has. Happy to be back. Yes. Happy, we've, we've done it. We have, we have been uh, regulars. If you will, we have a little cadence. We do. So we're excited. We always bring our lovely flowers. Yes. Yes. And we have no shortage of sayings and witticisms that we've been cycling through. Indeed. Indeed. And we're excited. We are, this is the second to last of our um, podcast for this season. Yes. We're doing seasons, y'all. We did decide about seasons. <laughs> We've had some conversations about yes. this. We think we will do, in terms of nomenclature, we'll keep it continuous so the episodes will continue, but we will announce seasons. So these next two are going to be it for season one. Yes, and you're going to have to wait a little while because, you know, we're both working mamas over here. Yes. <laughs> and this yes. is our passion project, but we're excited to be here. So... Dr. Francis. Yes, Reverend Bowman. Yeah, can you tell me the saying that we will be discussing? Today's saying is a juicy one. Oh, it's a good one. Ooh. Okay, today's saying is hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. Hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. That's right. Okay, I've never heard of this one before. <laughs> okay, listen. So you all know that my background is in English literature and um, I'm from Nashville, which I talk about all the time. So for this one, I brought I brought some some resources, sources. So this book is called Traps, and it is an uh, an anthology of writings on African American men, um, gender, and sexuality by the late Rudolph Byrd and uh, by Beverly Beverly Guy Sheftall, who worked for years and years. Uh, running the the women's center um, at Spelman, so somebody please send this to Dr. Guy Sheftall. That would be wonderful. And Dr. Bird up in heaven, I hope that I do you proud. So, the whole concept of hitting a straight lick with a crooked stick is about how you really deal with a deck of cards that you've been played mm. as an individual or as a group of people, and you make the best out of that. But not only the best, but you make something that is like damn good. Mm. And so that's what it okay. means, right? So it's a little bit reminds me of our conversation about how to make a dollar out of 15, 15 cents. cents. Yeah, And yeah, so yeah. I think it's a variation on this theme. But the reason why I brought traps um, to today's conversation is because I had chosen this topic uh, or added it to our Google list in my head anyway. I don't think I actually added it. <laughs> no judgment. Like, right. like This is what I want to discuss. And then I was in the study one day. I said, you know what? Let me just pull it. For whatever reason, Traps was calling to me and I hadn't read it in a really long time. Uh, but this book was dedicated to me in January of uh, 2007 by Dr. Bird, who I definitely considered to be a mentor. He was very influential in the Mellon Mays um, undergraduate network. And it says to Aisha Francis, in admiration of your accomplishments and potential, to a colleague in the profession, best wishes always, R.P. Bird. And so for someone like a Dr. Bird, to call me a colleague was just mm. such a love note. Like what, you know, to have this person who is an absolute rock star in the field of 
you know, philosophy and literature and historicism and someone who really helped teach me how to read with a critical eye, even Ooh. though I, um, you know, I spent a summer with him uh, in a summer program at Emory. And he never, uh, I didn't, he, he taught at Emory. Um, and I wasn't there for grad school. I was, I was at Vanderbilt. But anyhow, that's how I got to know him. And so to land this plane, what I think is so wonderful about just following the heart and following the spirit. So I was in my study. The, the saying had already come to mind. I saw traps among all my books. And I said, let me just, you know, re- reacquaint myself with this. And so traps is talking about masculinity, right? Mm. And one of the tropes of black masculinity in African-American culture is High John the Conqueror. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. High John the Conqueror is a root, like it's actually a plant, but it is also a figure, like Br'er Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So there are all these stories of, uh, he's a trickster figure. And so the the uh, opening essay is by Dr. Bird, and it's called Prologue, The Tradition of John, A Mode of Black Masculinity. And he does this wonderful reading, expository reading of the tradition of High John the Conqueror, and he explains all of these definitions. And the second definition I'm just going to read for you all, because I was reading this that that morning that, that this saying came to mind. So, from High John the Conqueror, a mode of masculinity for black men who are committed to the liberation and survival of whole black people. Also, a man of courage who routinely beats the unbeatable. A man who laughs at himself and also understands the many uses of laughter. As the hope bringer, a man who's been down so long that down don't bother him. Hmm. Unflappable, as in takes care of business or on the case. Traditionally capable, as in able to make a way out of no way and can hit a a straight lick with a crooked stick. Now, I mean, that's just amazing. I literally was thinking about the say, the, fraying and the, the saying and the phrase. And I read this, and I don't even remember this mm. being the, the kind of undergirding principle of traps. But I think that's how life works. And yeah. so I said, okay, we have to end this season with hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. And I think Dr. Bird wanted me to do that. But what it means to me is that we take, and and this is all about men and High John the Conqueror, yes, because this particular anthology is about African-American men, gender, and sexuality, but it's, it, you know, it's really about people, but it is about finding a way out of no way. Mm. And, and what we do often, and the we, I think, are people who are, um, the oppressed. And so however you want to take that, and it's not only about race, it's not only about gender, but you have to take the cards that you are dealt and play a perfect hand, right? Mm. And still win. And yeah. how do we do that? And, you know, the whole premise of Chili Grits is about the leadership lessons, the the common sense, the folk ways, the wisdom that we rely on in order to lead in ways that are authentic to to us and that lead to wins for our community. And so I've been really thinking a lot about what it means to hit a straight lick with a crooked stick and how you do that. So that's the topic for today. 
So I have so many things going through my head. I'm still trying to process the saying. Say it again for me. Okay, hit a, hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. So you have a crooked stick and you're trying to hit something but make a straight impression. Mm, you okay, see what I mean? Okay, yeah, so basically, yeah. like, you, you have a defective um, tool yeah, or implement, and you, still, and, and you still have to execute with precision. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's timely. Um, it's tr- traditionally, or um, the way we do these podcasts, we don't time stamp anything. No. So people won't know what time of year it is right. or anything like that. But I'm going to have an exception to mm-hmm. that rule mm-hmm. right now because we just celebrated Juneteenth. Yes, we did. And Aisha. Post Juneteenth. Yes, post Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. And Aisha, you know where I grew up in mm-hmm. Lake Charles, Louisiana. Louisiana, which is roughly about an hour away from Galveston, Texas, where this all originated from um, Juneteenth. And um, I've been just having a lot of reflections um, as of late, particularly because the holiday is now national. I know. How do you feel about that? That's a whole nother episode. (laughs) I've been very honest and very clear with people. I did not grow up celebrating Juneteenth. Never heard of it until I got to Fisk and Texans told me what it was. Yeah. Like Sweetest Day. Have you ever heard of Sweetest Day? No. Yeah. It's 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 like alternative Valentine's Day that people oh, in the Midwest okay. celebrate in Ohio and Chicago. Again, never heard of Sweetest Day until I got to Fisk. I'm like, what day? It's in October. <laughs> so, you know, but yes, I want to hear all about how this connects to your reflections about you know, Juneteenth. So, um, Yes, I have all types. I'm all in my feelings about it being national, but particularly because once you do something national, you lose control over how people interpret what the holiday is. But Mm -hmm. when it's like ingratiated in the communities that were directly impacted by it. So, you know, I've said this on our show that Aisha has done her genealogy and it has inspired me to want to do mine. So I'm going to say something, but later I'm going to do the research to back it up. (laughs) So, (laughs) so my ancestors, excuse me, was probably the last cohort of people to know that they were free mm-hmm. um, because it was on that route to Galveston, right. quite frankly. Um, so and your folks, as far as you know, are from Louisiana and Texas. Yes, okay. yes, yes. That that um, the it's a border yep. community where where I grew up. So yes, so um, it's just been a part of who I am and how I understand joy mm-hmm. and Black liberation. Um, and the way that it's being manifested now, just people sometimes take on the holiday without understanding the meaning of it yep. behind it yep. and really doing the in-depth history. Um, but the way I think about it in the context of this saying, I just think about the resiliency of a group of people that may have or may not have known that they were emancipated and the ability to be able to actualize that emancipation and being able to maintain their dignity, um, still hope for the desire that comes along with freedom and emancipation until they receive the full right. And so for me, that's where um, the same brings me because there's a level of fortitude yes that you have to be grounded in to be able to show up every day and still function in a reality when your mind and maybe your spirit is free 
but you are in bondage. Right. And so I just, it made me think about that as it relates to just the level of, um, I know this term gets thrown around all the time, like black excellence, and it's a whole debate around what that can mean. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a show here at CCTV called Black Excellence Project. (laughs) Another conversation. Plug, plug, plug. But um, being able to operate in a way that you have to like that that analogy that you were saying like the the tool is crooked but you hit you still make a straight line Mm -hmm. to me that is the embodiment of the black experience regardless of if you become the dr kings of the world or the rosa parks of the world or your professors tell tell me his name rudolph bird rudolph dr Dr. rudolph bird yes 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 yes. if like that's one track but the people that show up every day live their lives in the face of indignities and still figure out a way to find joy and happiness. Um, to me, that's living into that mantra as well. So so the saying brought up all of that for me. No, I think that's spot on. And, you know, as I read the definition, what I think is fascinating is what comes first is the laughter. Mm-hmm. Laughter in the definition. It's, it's the joking. It is the way that, um, you know, y- you have to, Langston Hughes calls it laughing to keep from crying. He has mm. a whole series of stories about that. And I do think that the humor in life and the, the irony in life is a way that we make it through. And I think also about you know, that piece aside, what does it literally take to move um, to a different level with a set of circumstances mm. that are just messed up? Yeah. And what, is, what yeah. does that take yeah. in, in our work lives, in our, in our home lives? And so, you know, from the professional point of view, I think it takes, you know, I, I'm, I'm more and more convinced it takes this sort of, you know, multiracial, intergenerational, like coalition of the willing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that, you know, I, I do resist the superwoman, superhero, individualistic um, nature of black excellence. Yeah. Because nothing happens, very little, I should say, happens in that individualistic mindset. Absolutely. That, you know, all of the things that we need to do, all of the ways that we need to move, to advocate, to to run organizations, to lead, it all happens in community. Absolutely. And whether that is with your your board, you know, your team, or if you are a solopreneur, there's still somebody. You've got a kitchen cabinet. You've got, you know, part-time fractional help. And so I think that the the strength of, of the high John the Conqueror theme, that trope, and the way in which you actually, you know, hit a straight lick with a cricket stick is because you have these people around you who are helping you make it happen. Yeah. And so it's like that is the beauty and the benefit of being able to leverage all of the stories that I've heard, all of the you know, examples living that I lived through of folks really making a way out of no way and saying, oh, you know, I remember, and, and it might not even be conscious. It, it can sometimes just be a little idea, right? A little image, yeah. some sort of remembrance about a person who really 
didn't have it all, and yet they prevailed. You know, I think that's so powerful, Aisha. Um, you know, I have all these little theological sayings that I share in my household with my my family, my friends, my, my, my children, clearly. And one that I go back to all the time um, is God designed humans to be in community, period. Mm -hmm. There is literally no way to get around that. Right. That is just the nature by which our species um, interacts, create, and evolve, quite mm -hmm. frankly. And regardless of what tr faith tradition you are a part of, I don't think that matters. There is probably some intersectionality across multiple faith communities that focus in on community. But I, the piece that I think that really pushes me as we have this conversation, a lot of times when we talk about community, it's from this um, the perspective of um, being an asset to us, mm -hmm. right? And yes, you want to make sure, um, you know, all the 21st century sayings that you got to, you know, you got to vet your your surroundings and the people that you want in your inner circles. Right. And as you get older, as an adult, you have the privilege and the freedom to create the environment that you want to set you up to thrive. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So in the real world, <laughs> no one truly has the capability of being able to curate their community to that extent. Mm -hmm. People do it. I mean, like it happens by race, clearly. It happens by socioeconomics. But you cannot curate um, away adversity. That's you just true. You cannot right. do it, right? right. So it just doesn't happen. And so what's powerful to me is when we have these conversations around um community and our ability to be able to thrive as leaders and how we set ourselves up for success by the power that we have and the power that we don't is recognizing that in the communities that we're in, whether it's chosen or circumstances that enter into those communities that we do not choose, all of that is designed to help elevate us as individuals and as leaders. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we think about community, we think about the beloved community. That's a very common word yes. um, in the, the at least the Christian tradition. Right. And yes, beloved community is really, 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 really great. And it rejuvenates us. It affirms us. But also community that has conflict helps us grow as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I really think that, you know, when we think about how we um, move forward as leaders, being able to embrace both of those as it relates to the communities that we're in in a way that helps um, fortify us and allow us to con continue to be in community, I think is really important. No, I, I agree. And, and so, you know, in addition to this coalition of the willing, you know, the people who are gonna help you, right, who are gonna be your ride or dies, are gonna help you navigate through really treacherous waters, with a leaky boat, mm. you know, um, you know, it does take fortitude and this and belief in this understanding of the vision of what is possible, right? And and so, you know, where do I go for those kinds of um, reminders of what's possible? And so, for you know, I go to literature. Mm. Um, of course, there's the word, but I, I just think a lot increasingly about the the um, you know, just lived experience as a viable uh, way to remind ourselves of, you know, things that 
situations that seemed really, really insurmountable. Yeah. And yet here we are. Yeah. Here we are. So, you know, I think that the beauty of, you know, the black experience is one in which we are a striving people and we are thriving people. Yeah. And we are, I think, able to kind of look back, you know, that, that saying, um, it's the Mahalia Jackson song, my soul. I, mean, look, I look back and wonder how I got Get over. over yeah. And it's in that looking back and wondering and the laughing about the ridiculousness uh, of it all. Um, but then even the gratitude for the the experience along the way. And then I think the last piece that I'll just add is, you know, what you mentioned is that there are lessons in the conflict. And so, you know, I want to spend more time really thinking back on some tough experiences because I am the type of person like once I get through something I want to be done with it yeah but to go back and reflect what did I learn you know what was the lesson in that and how do I make sure that that I'm you know as I have like my journaling here how do I make sure that that's that's recorded right that that I'm that I don't take for granted what what um, happened, what was witnessed, what I participated in. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, a, a, a crisis that yeah. in my life. It could be something where I participated in, mm. you know, the, the the path making for something that other people thought was impossible yeah. or highly unlikely, yeah. right? So, you know, I, I, I think about these pieces of, of, you know, hopefulness because optimism is something that really drives me. And, you know, increasingly I want that laughter and the joy to be part of the daily life. I can be, you know, too serious. And like laughter is for the weekends. But <laughs> we, we have so many things to do. It is so much stuff to take on. At least on. on hump day we got to get a laugh right? In, right? You know? <laughs> so that's what I'm taking away from, from our conversation today. And, you know, I hope some of y'all out there are feeling rejuvenated and just reaffirmed in, you know, what it takes to actually hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. Yeah, well, I learned a new saying, hit a straight lick lick with a crooked crooked stick. stick. All right, so, all right, if you hear me saying it, you know where it came from, <laughs> right? You got to get it, get it in the right order. Get it in the right order. But I, what I also love about the exchange of chili grits is that there are all of these um, moments, and, and quite frequently when we are uh, suggesting things to each other that we've never heard of yeah. before. So I think that's that's a, a great uh, example of just how broad the diaspora is, and and how wonderful language is. So. So that's it for today. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Chili Chili Grits Grits Podcast. And we have one more before our season comes to a brief hiatus. And we'll be back um, with season two. In the fall. Yes, in the fall. Yes. See you next time. See you next time. Bye.